You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at patreon.com slash Thunderquack, or you can wait and get it late every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Uh, and I, I, we, we took last week off. It was a, it was a holiday, so you kind of had like a week off, and then a week back, and then a week off immediately. But we're gonna do, we're gonna do every Monday. I, I, well, recording. I, I guess we're, it's not even a Monday though. I'm already lying. It's Sunday. <laughs> Um, we, we will record every week every of week, the month. Every week of, of the August. month of August. I, I, and then uh, and then immediately take a week off the first week of September because I have a wedding to go to. But it's also but, Labor uh, Day long weekend, I feel like. It is also a long weekend, yeah. Which um, is both an American and a Canadian holiday, so fun for both sides. It's true. It's true. You can have lots of fun not going anywhere and not doing anything because <laughs> it's still a global pandemic. It's still, it's still, some people are not acting like it. it it's, it's really yeah. funny because uh, you see America kind of like, like act, pretending like a, certainly in policy, when it comes to policy, acting like, like everything is fine. Like everything's okay. Um, and I, like what I see is like the rest of the world that handled it, right. That, that like put measures in place and, and flattened the curve effectively and uh, and and really educated the, the the people and 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 got everybody on board with all of this stuff, social distancing and whatnot. Um, they're all like us included in Vancouver. Maybe a little, we're being a little bit too casual with it, but we're uh, yeah. BC like lost its status of actually like we watching did yeah this, this last week. Everybody but, decided to come visit us, anyways. But uh, I I. I, th- I think, like, like America saw everybody else, like, kind of resuming some normal activities and went, like, no, no, us too, us too. And yeah. it reminds me of the, the that scene in Friends when uh, it's that it's one of the episode openers and it's uh, uh, Rachel hates it when people touch their eye. Oh. And and Ross is and like, yeah, oh, yeah, and 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 then and then everybody's like going around going like, oh yeah, I Pretending love the king and I yeah. and touching yeah. like Chandler like touches his eye, um, and then and then it, Joey comes in and he's like, me too, me too, and he and and then he's like, ah, and and uh, and Chandler goes, you you poke yourself in the eye. It's like yeah. He's like I got too excited. You got too excited, yeah. And it's very much like like America is Joey. Um, where it's like everybody else was like, hey, so, you know, like, I think we can, like, open schools back up in September. And America was like, yeah, us too. And it's like, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. We shouldn't even be doing it. I had an awesome we chat probably shouldn't. with You're right. my, um, my friend who is a teacher yeah. who actually moved from Alberta back to BC, this, like, right at the start of the pandemic. Like, 
um, per, like not because of the pandemic. She yeah. came, she was like, I've been teaching in Alberta for 10 years. I'm going to leave my job in February of 2020 and move <laughs> to British Columbia to start a new teaching career. It was, it's like, what a could thing. possibly go I know, wrong? Could, right? And so, but it's been eye opening for me to, like, I'm not paying attention, right? Because I don't have kids and I'm not a teacher. So I, I mm-hmm. like the school system, but it's like a lot of stuff where she's like, they should do this and this and this. And I'm kind of like, how are they not doing that? Everything that you've just said makes so much sense. What are they doing? So it's like, there's, there's a lot of stuff too, that I'm starting to also like, I actually, it was a thing where she was like, you seem to be like good. You're like seeing people. Cause I went, my sister came down with her friends yesterday to Penticton. And so I went and met them and they went, they were, we went, they went to breweries. So I like went with them and she's like, Oh, you're doing stuff. I was like, dude, since March, I went to one patio with my parents when they came down to see me and then three patios yesterday with my sister's friends. But I'm like, yeah, it's like, I'm starting, like I, that wave is catching on where you're like, like, well, people can go out and I'm like, well, it's all outside and like like, people, but people aren't wearing masks here. But if I wear a mask, people like avoid me, which was like a thing. Like we went, we went to a patio that's in the hotel because for some reason the most famous restaurant in this town is inside a freaking yeah. resort. <laughs> like it's so weird. But anyways, nobody was wearing masks and I'm kind of like, um, I'm going to wear my mask here because there's lots of people. And then, but they were pretty good. Like people would like move away from me. And so I like actually did feel safe. Cause I'm like, you, they, you know, they're, they're pretty good. Like once you're actually like there, but it was a thing where she's like, so how are you? Like, are you okay? And I'm kind of like, I thought I was being really good. And now I'm like, maybe other people who think they're being good are just like, and it's not, and everybody's just like gonna spread COVID around. And I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. Anyway, so I'm, I'm freaked out now again. And now everybody's telling me that the numbers in BC are going back up, especially from the last week, because August long weekend, people just went and did whatever they want. But like me too, I went camping on August long weekend. Mm-hmm. Now it was my 20, for 22 years, I've been going to the same campsite with the same family. And it's, we didn't break the tradition. We went and we all had our own cabins and we had our own outhouses. It was quite lovely. They were actually really good. Like, we're, like shout out to Headwaters Family Camp in 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 Princeton. They they are in um, Peachland. They did like an awesome job of trying to like make sure that everything was really safe. But it's like, but I still did it. I still went. I still went camping. Still. Yeah, I mean, like it, three four weeks ago, we were we were we were flirting with the idea of getting it under a hundred cases. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we are. This is the last statistic, 386 active cases right now. So we've basically gone up 100 cases every week. And it is the weekend right now, which means that they haven't reported in a couple of days. Yeah. And we'll get a we'll get a batch on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And I uh, guaranteed that'll that'll crest 400, probably get close oh, to yeah. 450. I, I'm saying I'm we're we just booked the hotel today and we're supposed to go to Kelowna to where we're yeah. near where you are to to go to this wedding uh on Labor Day weekend and I uh, I I've said to Crystal I'm like be fully prepared to cancel those plans right. because yeah. like like right now it's like okay you can have a gathering of 50 but how much more out of hand does this need to get before they say you cannot have gatherings of 50 anymore yeah. um so yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, like the like it, it, again, it's like similar to your to your your camping trip. Is like this wedding. It's uh, I, it's my cousin's wedding, and my aunt is a retired nurse. So right, yeah. like she she knows she understands, and and it is limited to fifty people. Like it's going to be a very small wedding. 
Um, and it's really only happening uh, for, you know, shotgun style reasons. I won't get into it. But I, not that, like, my cousin and, and, and his fiance, like, they've been engaged for years now. And it's like, it's like they don't care about yeah, yeah, yeah. any of yeah. these external reasons. But um, I don't, the older generation can't handle uh, the youngins really? yeah. with their casual attitudes about marriage because we don't why do you get married you got all the same legal stuff that you got to deal with and now my friends have to get unmarried and it is way harder to get unmarried than it is to get married uh, yeah yeah i guess divorced is the word i was looking for yeah, there but... divorced is the word. <laughs> um yeah but uh anyways i i it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like like you're looking at it and you're going like I don't I don't know how long this this casual attitude can continue but that's why I say I just want to remind everybody that we are still in the midst of this thing um, and people want to act like like uh, it's gonna be like well, we got we gotta be we gotta be most of the way through this right. Like oh we're we're, we're we've, it's been so long and it's like um actually we're probably still in what will be considered in the long term the beginning, <laughs> uh, right? And, and it's and things are now changing. Like a lot of our topics, like to actually yeah. talk about nerdy things. I think a lot of the stuff is now we're starting to see people planning for the future of like the new normal. Yeah. Like what is this going to mean for like how things get released? What is this going to mean for how we consume content, for how yeah. we connect with one another? Like I really do think yeah, exactly what you're saying that it's like it's a couple years. And I think that over the last couple weeks I've seen a shift in just even my own family where they're kind of like yeah, like last time I was down cuz I've I'm now been in the Okanagan for 3 weeks and like the last time I was down it was for 8 weeks and then I went back to Vancouver in between the two. Yeah. And like when I was down the first time, my mom was like, we just got to get through the year. Like we still have our plans to go to Mexico in January, all this stuff. And now I come back again. They're like, well, obviously we're canceling our Mexico plans. And obviously we're like reevaluating. And it was like, it's been this thing where it's just like a shift where they're now like, okay, this is a, this is a long-term thing that we are now going to have to deal yeah. with. So yeah. Yeah. Um, more and more people realizing it. Yeah. I, I do think that, I do think that people are finally starting to wake up to the idea that this isn't. We, we no, you can't just wish it away, right? Because I think yeah. that that's one of the things is that people just want to kind of wish it away. But I, uh, I, uh, it will jump into the news here because I, I, two, the first two stories are actually related to this. I, uh, Bill and Ted face the music, which is the third movie in the Bill and Ted series. I will not be surprised if Amanda has not seen any of the Bill and Ted movies. I haven't. I'm no, sorry. Have no. you watched the animated series? No. Yeah, but I am not. aware of the wait. I may have seen the first Bill and Ted because I have vivid memories of him having the the key moment where it's like, but like at the beginning, the keys were here. And he's like, okay, well, I'll leave the keys there. I remember like that. That's the second thing. movie. Is it? Okay. Well, I think yeah. I've seen at least part of that movie because I remember Actually, no. The, like, no, I think that's the first they do one. It right? in the first, yeah. Do they do it in the first movie as well? Do they I get arrested was, in the first movie? It's, it's in a first one where they didn't understand how time travel worked, and then they tried to solve it for themselves, and it was some really stupid. And I remember watching it being like, this is not how time travel works. Uh, it absolutely <laughs> could be how time travel works. They just have to remember to go back after they let themselves out. Yeah. They create a loop. They just, they yeah, just create a loop. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, it's I think it's so genius. It's so frustrating. I think it's genius. <laughs> 
it's not you're not thinking works. fourth dimensionally. You're only <laughs> okay. thinking three dimensionally. You're thinking of time as a linear construct. Uh, I was I was listening to a podcast actually, and I thought about you because they were talking about about. Uh, about like the actual physics of time travel and these scientists nice. doing experiments where they they create a quantum environment uh, in a computer in a quantum computer it's like a simulation right and uh, I they uh, I was gonna avoid that news story because I didn't want you to go off on a whole thing we'll get there don't worry <laughs> I I no I'm just kidding um, <laughs> they create this quantum simulation and they basically like run the simulation. Uh, and it's just particles, right? Like, it's just a simulation of, of quantum particles. Um, and then what they do is they run the simulation again, and they remove one particle at, at a certain point in the experiment and and see what the what the result is. Wow. Like, they track everything again and see what, where, the, where the, the variance is, right? And what they discovered with this experiment is that, like, you remove that particle, and what happens is that the other particles that were entangled with that one work harder to basically like find equilibrium right yeah Yeah. and and so um it's sort of like the it's it it's it could point at evidence that if you went back and like back to the future style tried to change the past it wouldn't do anything like you would get back to the present. Yeah, and, there's a lot of science that supports that, right? And, but it's and, like, and yeah. yeah, it's it's like a certain I was, things you can it, change. And it's stuff like a can, it's yeah. like a stream, right? I can't remember yeah. what, what movie uses this analogy. Maybe it was a TV show, but it's like where you throw a pebble in the stream and the water just moves around it, and it's like it, it's only the water directly around that, yeah. and then that ripples. affects it. Otherwise, everything else is the but same. But if you throw a boulder in the stream. It, yeah. it can disrupt the whole river, but eventually the water makes it to the ocean regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's kind of like the idea that, that the further down the line you get, the, the, it's always going to go back. But, um, it was funny cause I was listening to them talk about this and I was thinking about chaos theory cause they talked about the butterfly effect right. and, uh, my best understanding of chaos theory comes from Jurassic Park, not the movies, but the the actual novels, Jurassic Park and the Lost World, because the intro, like the at the beginning of every chapter, is like uh, there. I think they're meant to be like excerpts from Ian Malcolm's book. Oh, okay. Um, and it's sort of like if you put them all together, if you put like the the first page of every chapter together, it's kind of a chapter of his yeah. book on chaos theory. And, yeah. and a lot of it is about simulations and or like environments and models and whatever. And like when you're right in the middle of it, it looks like it's um, like it doesn't look chaotic at all. It just looks like like whatever it is. So it's like four squares or something like that. And then you zoom out and it's like, okay, it starts to look a little bit more chaotic. And then you zoom out more and you start to see where like the pools of chaos are. But then you zoom out even more and it's like, you can see that it's just everything. Everything is chaos. Like that there's unity in the fact that everything is chaotic. So it's this idea of like, like in a quantum simulation that's that small that you're looking at particles. Yes, if you remove one particle it's going to move around it and like and 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 find equilibrium and go back to the state that it that it was kind of predetermined to go into in this simulation um because because everything has its function and purpose that it's supposed to do right but but the idea of like like 
that's a very small change. <laughs> a much larger change in a much more complex system is going to have a much more chaotic effect, and it's going to last longer, and it's going to have fr- further reaching uh, uh, effects than removing a particle from a quantum simulation, right? Um, and yeah, it's it's just funny because whenever we talk about time travel, it's always like I I know that you like you you care a lot about the rules that are established which i always find so funny because your favorite time travel stuff is doctor who in which there are no rules and i know that you will fight me on that but there are no rules in doctor who's time travel yes but you have to like it so that's part of what you like get over with it and the to be fair the only like really good episodes of doctor who are the ones that really do maintain very closed loop systems and i mean people will like it's like it's very common knowledge that blink is one of the best mm-hmm. episodes of doctor who and that and one of the reasons for that is because it is a perfect example of a closed loop system and and just and there's like others there's like some other stuff too but it's like yeah no generally speaking it has crap time travel oh well like the whole first season let's just jump right ahead to (laughs) so i didn't finish the bill and ted news you didn't but like as i love just so everybody knows what mike was referring to because i realized that mike nobody else knew what was happening but mike had reminded me that christopher eccleston has just been announced and and so i typed it into our rundown and he's like we'll get there anyways it's just so i just love that you like mentioned it out loud it's not really news because this (laughs) anyway we'll get we'll get there we'll get to the bill and ted bill and ted got it got delayed. So it was supposed to come out, like, I think next week. Um, mm. And it got delayed. It got pushed to September. First week of September. And then just recently, they announced that they're actually going to push it back. Um, nice. Because they were they were, they were were holding out for uh, theatrical release. Right. But they made a deal uh, to do VOD. And, and so they were able to move it up a week to August 28th. So that's good because it means that they're really only a couple weeks later than than they were originally anticipating. Um, actually, maybe it was supposed to already be out. Maybe it was supposed to be July. But in any case, uh, it's very close. I'm very excited about it. It looks. I'm gonna I'm gonna qualify this. It looks like a great sequel to the two <laughs> Bill and Ted movies. Yeah. It does not look like a masterpiece of a film, but it definitely looks like I am going to have it a fits, lot of fun yeah, watching it. And it fits in the world, right? Like, yeah. that's the big thing, is that, like, they're sort of redonkulous movies to begin with, so it's yeah. like, if you can carry on that trend. But the the idea of that movie getting pulled up, pushed out and then pulled up, but is, is so much of what I sort of alluded to, like, at yeah. what point, because our second piece of news, I think, was the is the Mulan thing, too, yeah. right? At what point do these big studios start realizing that they need to live in a new normal and movie theaters need to start, yeah. like, coming to terms with the new reality of, yeah. like, life? And, and, and Disney is, they are waking up to this idea and they're trying to figure out a model. And I, I honestly, I think they've done it. I And people definitely, I, I... Their feathers were ruffled uh, <laughs> when this announcement was made because uh, so the, the 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 synopsis of it the the quick bite of this is that Mulan is coming out on September fourth on Disney Plus yeah. for thirty dollars. Yeah. So to break that down, you have to have a Disney Plus subscription. You pay an additional thirty dollars for access to Mulan, mm-hmm. but 
unlike say Trolls World Tour, which I paid $25 Canadian, so $20 American, to rent for a 24 hour, 48 hour period in which I could only watch it from beginning to end one time. Wow, interesting. I, Disney Plus is offering Mulan for $30 during this release window in perpetuity. Right. So you, so you spend thirty dollars yeah. and it's part of your Disney Plus library. Yeah. Which now, I will do. I'm gonna do that. I'm yeah, one person. A hundred percent. I would spend that much money to go to the movies anyways. Yep. Why not? Right? Yep. I wanna see this. I wanna support this sweet film. I already have Disney Plus. Yep. I'm on board for this model. Disney take over the world already, right? Um no. and it, there's there's an element to this that I totally understand. But mm-hmm. I think what people this kind of goes hand in hand with another it's this isn't an official announcement but they people have gotten confirmation essentially that Disney is no longer going to be producing 4K Blu-rays for their their oh, archive. Interesting. interesting. Okay. So what that means is that like if you want a copy of Aladdin from 1992, I think no 93 is Aladdin. I then I uh, you won't be able to get it. Like they're they're not going to print new Blu-rays. Oh. Now, people people get upset about that because they go like, well, but I, what if I want to own the physical content? Because what they want, what Disney wants you to do, is to go get Disney Plus and give yeah. them, you know, seventy dollars a year or yeah. or you know, yeah. twelve dollars a month in perpetuity, whatever whatever way it breaks down. Um, they want to own that that access to it, yeah. which is legally they're right so from a legal standpoint there's nothing wrong with this from a moral standpoint they also own the content and they own the distribution channel so i personally don't see any problem with it and i'm happy to pay them a small flat fee a very small flat fee less than i mean like honestly when you look at it over a year it's less than the cost of three blu-rays right for the service in perpetuity now uh, like, like, I, I, I also want to buy physical copies of stuff. I want to buy the Avengers movie, like the MCU stuff. I want to buy the Star Wars stuff because I want to have physical copies of those things. A for my collection, and B because what if the internet's out? What if they right. decide yeah, yeah, exactly. that they're going to start putting stuff in the vault? I want to have like, access yeah. to those whenever I want them, right? But, but, the other part of this is. You guys have nothing to complain about. You're not buying Blu-rays. That's why they're doing this. These decisions are not based on we want to force people into an ecosystem. Because if you look at the way that they that all of these companies operate when it comes to the streaming stuff, they are terrified to go solely digital. Yeah. Because it's not how the model works currently. Yeah. Um, but people are proving with their actions that that's the direction they would prefer it to go but it's one of those things where it's like you don't know what you got till it's gone sort of thing and and people are gonna they're gonna get upset and they're gonna get bent out of shape because they think they're losing something that they care about but just to take it one step further physical media is not gonna die entirely i i highly doubt that it will um I think that there will always be players and stuff like that. Like there will always because a because 
Sony, uh, I, all these companies, they have patents on stuff. They want you to spend money. Yeah. They make a lot of money off of that stuff. Um, besides the PlayStation, the the Blu-ray and and HD Blu-ray patents are the only things that Sony is making money off of right now, because <laughs> their their electronics division and their movie divisions are not super successful, except for Spider-Man. Um, but I I they'll go on demand. So what it'll be is like that you won't be able to walk into a Best Buy and not that you really can anyways. You can only really get new releases. Best Buy doesn't keep a catalog. No, yeah, of you stuff can only anymore. buy old stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um or like new stuff, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. what it'll be is that there are actually a few I think Warner Brothers did this for a little while and I think they may have discontinued it. This was back in the DVD days. So um but like for older stuff, certainly for like catalog or archive stuff, um, like stuff from like the 1930s, 40s, 50s, uh, they weren't printing discs of it, but you could order them from right, a website oh. and they would like on demand print Maybe. you a disc. Now, there's a premium to it, but in the in our new world, that's that's how it's going to work. If you want to have a physical copy of something, you're going to pay a premium for it. And what you'll end up seeing is this $30 price for Mulan will probably actually go down to $20 eventually. But then if you want the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray will probably be 60 bucks. Right. Like it'll, it'll even itself out and it'll even itself out based on supply and demand. So Disney is testing the waters with this. They want to see how this is received. There's a lot of chatter online from, I think, a vocal minority of people saying that they're not going to do this. I see a lot of um, 20-somethings uh, and single people and certainly people without kids going like, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, but then I see a lot of people with families going, $30 for a night at the movies? That's cheap. Yeah, yeah. It costs Cara and I 50 bucks to go to like a 2D matinee right, like regular, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Go, like buy the tickets, get the popcorn. Get the, and obviously yeah. this is not also including snacks and whatnot, yeah, but, but still, I can yeah. pause it and go to the bathroom when I feel like it. <laughs> right. Like there are, there, honestly, there are pros and cons. The consumer model is something that I've been asking for for a really long time. Yeah. But everything that you're talking about right now has actually like this computer that I'm, I'm recording on right now is dying. It's dying real bad. Like I'm, I'm using it for work and I have to shut it down about two times a day, but it's like, I only got it about three years ago and it's a yeah. MacBook air. And I loved it. Like when I got it, one of the big things was it doesn't have a DVD player. And yeah. that was like a thing where I was like, my previous one had the disc slot on, on a Mac that I had. And now I'm like, okay, well I'll just get a new MacBook air, but they actually, the Mac airs don't have USB ports or like like this one has a disc card for like SD cards yeah. and like and like the jack for headphones. I didn't realize that Macs have just gotten rid of everything. You cannot get a MacBook Air right now with with headphone holes or with USBs. It just has thunder ports. And I'm kind of yeah. like, what is because this technology the, change? You know, but at the same time, yeah. my Mac now, I'm kind of like, why the hell would I have ever had a CD or DVD like thing in it? I haven't. Yeah. missed that so can you imagine in three years i'm not gonna miss not having these other ports as well because they want you to but, buy airpods yeah they exactly. want you to buy they want you to buy that. all the things and this is the thing that i hate about mac and it's why i don't have an iphone because i know they do this to you and it bothers me but i love mac so much 
So yeah, I, I mean, like, like one of the biggest parts of that is like they remove the ports and may, or put less ports so that you then have to buy a dongle to yeah. have more that. But but also, I mean, like honestly, you should just have one anyways because it's it's kind of like having a surge protector for like stuff that you're plugged into the wall. It's mm-hmm. a it is actually an extra layer of protection. So, for example, anybody who podcasts. If you've got a USB mic, like one of the Yetis or something, and you're going directly from the mic into the computer, you're you're actually probably getting some interference that you can cut down by going through a, a USB dongle? hub or no dongle way. of any kind. Really? Huh. So right. it's actually like it, 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 there are actually benefits to it, but um, that's I like a very like, like inside look into it. It's just like I haven't really been using Thunder ports at all. And like the problem is for work. I need to use a Thunder port to connect to my external monitor. I yeah. have a mouse that I use. I have a keyboard that I use. I like have USBs plugged in. I have my headphones plugged in. Like I need to plug in a lot of stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that the Air can do it. But I just no. I they just, they want you to buy a dock or like a like a like a an external thing that plugs into the one plug on your Mac, but that is a thing that sits on your desk that has four usbs and uh headphone jack and etc 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 yeah i could do that I guess that's that what i'm talking okay. about yeah but it's but just anyways. like it's it's honestly just like not being able it's mostly the headphone thing my i was driving with somebody like to come down and i was like oh you can plug in your phone because i don't have pairing i have like you know an aux cable that goes into this the cd player and then you connect it to your phone and then you can mm-hmm. play music and she's like oh i don't have that on my phone and i was like you don't have a headphone jack so i only discovered two weeks ago that there are no headphone jacks on new iphones yeah so it's but i don't know it just like boggles my mind not the whole world doesn't go to airpods is that is that the future of the world is airpods it makes me sad oh uh, well bluetooth head headphones yeah but wireless so. i mean so many, ugh, there are a million brands you can get Every major like Man, headphone Andy, manufacturer, Bluetooth Skull Candy, headphones. Sony, Apple, like they Maybe all I'm make just Bluetooth the curve, wireless. Man. I think I'm just behind the curve. I yeah. remember I've been thinking about this now too, where like when we were kids, my parents bought a new van and they took us and we got to go see the new van. And my parents almost didn't buy the van that we bought because it had a CD player instead of a tape player. And they were like, well, then we'd have to buy CDs. And I don't know if we could do that. So, like, imagine that, man. Yeah. I lived in the time where it was not a good economical choice to buy a van with a CD player. Because, anyways, I'm part of it is also I'm trying to decide if I want to buy a car that has a... Like just a little bit more. I have, I'm sitting here, a board out of my mind, and I'm kind of like, I'm driving back and forth. Maybe I want a better car. Can't do anything else with my life. Anyways, I'm talking <laughs> about computers and cars. Let's get back to talking about Bill and Ted and... Uh, yeah, Anyways. we're going to skip this Ninja Turtles news because it's not really that newsy news. It's just Seth Rogen saying that he's going to focus on the teenage aspect of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is like... The least interesting part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> it, it's... it. Well, okay, yes, but no. I get where he's coming from. <laughs> I'm also worried about Superbad, but with green mutants. <laughs> like, with, like... Oh. Yeah, that's I'm, not. I'm a yeah. little bit worried about that direction, but at the same time, like you got to wait and see what uh, who else is because he's just a producer. So we got to see who's writing it, who's directing it, all that stuff. Remember but. when Jonah Hill was super bad? Remember that that was what Jonah Hill. Anyways, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Go ahead. Just tell people your Doctor Who news. It's oh, not that, even that's, news. That's it's not even news, but it's a big deal. So so Christopher Eccleston. I don't actually know that much about it, except for the fact that there's actually a pretty like it's the people that do Doctor Who audio stories. Essentially, like there's lots. You can the Doctor Who universe is in, insanely huge, and there are tons of audio stories that are canon mm-hmm. that use multiple Doctors. So like Doctors from the past do modern stories and stuff like this, and they're all considered part of that Doctor's actual storyline. Well, we all know, and if you well, we all know people <laughs> who are familiar with the Doctor Who universe know that Christopher Eccleston very specifically signed on to do one year of Doctor Who and then kind of like wash his hands of it. It's why he's not in anything that like brings Doctors back and all this stuff. So it is a pretty big deal that he has decided to revisit a character that he essentially has, ever since he played it, kind of, like, washed up, like washed his hands of and yeah. sort of been like, I wasn't the Doctor, right? And so it's like a thing where it's like he's coming back to do some audio stories, and that's a big deal. Yeah, so. well, I love Chris Christopher Eccleston. Mm-hmm. I, he's, he's one of my favorite Doctors, um, and uh, I just love him as an actor. But I... But he really stunk up the joint with that Thor, Dark Elf, Dark Elf, uh, yeah, Malachor yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, like, it, yeah, he, uh, he, yeah, it was not a good, it was not a good look. To be fair, though, I liked, no, I liked him as the Dark Elf. I just think that that world was, that whole movie was weird. Uh, I, I would say that his performance was a little bit less than, than, uh, uh, exciting. I don't know that he did anything interesting with that character. I think that it was very like cookie cutter by the book, bad guy sort of thing. So I don't know. I I I I, I think they they his his star has been falling since that decision, and and that's why you see him coming back to Doctor Who. Because uh, maybe yeah, he hasn't not done for the money. I don't stuff. think that he cares about the money. No, I think it's just like to be back on people's radar. But I stuff. think that yeah, like because because he did that and then he did um I I uh, did he do yeah he's in GI Joe as well, isn't he? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he did GI Joe. I have no idea. I haven't. I I I pay very little. Opinion, like I pay very little attention to him. Uh, uh, I think he was one of the bad guys. Uh, vamp for me. Talk about talk about. Well, I'll talk about the the good the good connection between Thor and other stuff that we are watching is um Colm Fior, or for, for, I think that's how you say his name. Who was who's the ice like the in the first Thor, like the Ice King or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what he is, but he Laufey. Laufey, sure, yeah, the, yeah. The 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 king of the frost giants. Yeah, king of yeah. the frost giants. Um, is um, Hargreaves in the Umbrella Academy too, which I feel like we're going to talk about. Or in Umbrella Academy as well. And I just like him as an actor. Um, and he also like is in this Canadian classic film, Bon Cop, Bad Cop, <laughs> which I absolutely love. Um, and for people that aren't familiar with this, it's like a, a film that's half in French and half in English because it's about a French cop and an English cop that have to work together because there's a murder that takes place across the um, Quebec and Ontario border. Oh, it's great. Like the best, the best part is this rant that the, the French cop goes on about the word tattoo because like about how, how the pronunciation of tattoo is like, it's like the stuff that doesn't have, it has a double T and a double O and it's still pronounced like tattoo. And it's just like, I don't know. I thought it's just a funny, I, I like that movie. I think it's,
it's amusing. Plus, it's um, like features hockey and. I was I was correct. He played Destro in GI Joe: Rise of Cobra. So yeah. he did that in two thousand and nine, and then and then he did uh, Thor: The Dark World in twenty thirteen, and um, like he hasn't done. Uh, I guess The Leftovers was a pretty big deal. He's in twenty eight episodes of that, but that's oh, wow. that, even still, that's to me that's kind of because I think The Leftovers was HBO. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It but is it was HBO. Very good so, HBO. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those things where it's like not everybody is watching everything on yeah. HBO. Um, yeah, and he really hasn't done anything high profile uh, uh, since since he did Thor. Right. So this is one of those things where it's like you can kind of you can kind of get and the getting, sense that he's trying to, to get back on onto the like people's radar with something that you can do during COVID times. He's got to like, get audio, that star meter right? back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on right. IMDb. So that but... then he can make his money by going back to conventions and all these <laughs> virtual cons that are now going to have to happen yeah. or something. Um, what is it yeah. that people are now doing like 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 video calls or phone calls? Like instead, you know how you could like pay money to take pictures and now you can like take money. You get like private chats and stuff. Private chats or yeah. like they'll like record something on your voice mail or something like that yeah. i'm like what an well, interesting that's ca- innovative cameo, way to also like hawk yourself like yeah. on the internet I love cameo it. was a thing before the the pandemic but it became uh i think it's become a, a much bigger deal because of the pandemic because now yeah. like there's a lot of stars that are like hey give me five bucks and i'll record your voicemail message yeah. for you um <laughs> which is funny because it's like you got like movie stars and stuff that have been reduced to to basically standing on the street corner going like i'll I'll act a thing for you for $10 because um, they set their own prices. And some of them, it's like, no, nope, no one's going to do that. And it's like, it's very much what we were talking about before. It's like the, the supply demand principle is going to set the price on that. And the market will set the price. But uh, yeah, cool. I think that's all our news. I think so. Um, I don't remember any other major things. Awesome. Is there anything that you are watching that you want to just mention before we uh, before we get into our main topic, which is going to be Umbrella Academy? Right. I'm not. I'm not so much. I, although I do have to say that the stuff that I've started watching is because of Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um. I rewatched Dirk Gently the first season because I wanted to watch something weird. Like mm. the Umbrella Academy just has like a very specific tone, and I was like, Dirk Gently has a similar weird tone. Did you watch and- Middleman? No. You should watch the middleman. It's only one okay. season because it didn't okay. it didn't get to live longer than that. Right. Okay. If, and this is for everybody. If you like Umbrella Academy and you want a less good but <laughs> sillier version of it, okay. um, the middleman is definitely that. It's it's. And it's not, is it on Netflix or is it? Is it I don't like know a, where the middleman lives. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, it was great and nice. and Crystal and I really loved it when it was out. The, the thing with Dirk Gently is that, like, my, my parents will watch, like, crime shows. So I, like, was like, hey, let's watch this thing. It's about solving a crime. Yeah. And they were like, this is not that, Amanda. And I'm like, oh, it is kind of. Anyways, and then I made them watch the first season of The Good Place because they like, like, just comedy stuff. And I was like, you have to watch The Good Place. And then we got to the end of season one and I was like, ah, you fell for it. Anyways, it's so good. I love it. Anyway, uh, so those are I have just been rewatching those. I haven't revisited Cursed since we chatted about it last. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I, I rewatched Hamilton as well. I've just been retreading stuff because I'm here with my with my mom, so it's like stuff. So rewatching Hamilton, I just could always just watch that. And then I watched the like behind like the Hamilton like the, they were did a thing where they talked about it. And I uh, like 
I don't know. I just loved all of them. And then basically I put another person on, on here. Um, the, you know, crazy rich Asians, the um, book series, the author, Kevin Kwan just came out with a new book this summer. So that's like on my summer reading list is to read mm. sex and vanities. So if people like the, um, uh, crazy rich Asians, uh, book series that is the next sort of book on my list of stuff to read and I just I've only cracked open like the first chapter but it seems like it'll be similar tonally to Crazy Rich Asians so that's cool. that's what I'm sort of like consuming right now so uh, The Middleman is is not on any streaming platforms near as I can tell but you can get it on Google Play or iTunes for $10 Canadian Whoa. so that means it's going to be like 6 or $7 in the US nice that's well worth it. That nice. is well okay. worth okay. it. Cool. Um, oh, you just reminded me of something that I was going to say about Disney Plus and yeah. owning stuff. I am willing to pay money to watch Tower of Terror. Like, it's a Steve Gutenberg, Kristen Dunst movie from the 90s that I just remember so vividly. And I can't find it to save my life. Like, I wanted to watch it last Halloween. And I was like, yeah. I will pay money. You just tell me where I need to find the find this. And I'm like, who has the rights for that? It's clearly a Disney movie. Why is it not on my Disney Plus? Where is Tower of Terror? Where does it live? Who owns the rights? And can you give it back so that I can watch it, please? Uh, that is, like, well, very sad. that'll be complicated because the Tower of Terror is... Uh, it's 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 a license thing, right? Because it's I think CBS Viacom owns the Twilight Zone, and then Disney owns the Tower of Terror ride, right? But it's a ride that's I licensed. Imagined, I imagined it was something about licensing, where it's like they couldn't agree who owns it, and therefore nobody does, and therefore nobody can watch it. And I'm kind of like, what a waste! What a this waste is absolutely this. a movie about the ride at Disneyland. Yes. Okay. This is, is it no. actually about the ride at Disney at California Adventure? No, it's about it's a, like a it's real like story. It's the yeah. story of how the Tower of Terror is a scary ride at Disneyland from 1997. It's about, it's about five five people that get in, like die in an elevator, and then Steve Gutenberg and his young child—I feel like it's a girl, or just Steve Gutenberg—like um, is in the modern day. And meets these five ghosts and has to like figure out who killed them in the elevator. It's like a brilliant. It's like great, and then he gets to go back in time into the like. And I don't know how that happens. I feel like the ghosts just take him there for the like, so he can like solve that. But like, I don't. I can't remember it for the life of me. It's so yeah. fun though, and it's Kirsten Dunst when she was really little, like right around the time she was doing um, uh, like a vampire interview with a vampire and stuff. Like it's a like a young Kirsten Dunst, and it's it's just like a cute. Yeah, a cute like horror movie that I watched as a kid. Like it was a movie for me as a well, kid. Well, it's, I... it's 1997, so it's actually not that far off. It's probably closer to Bring It On than it is to Interview with a Vampire. Really? Because she's uh, like a little baby child in yeah I in so. that's uh, Interview with a Vampire. That's because that's like that's like early 90s. That's got to be like 93, 94, 95, hmm. um, 95 at the latest. But uh, cool. I let's I uh, oh I didn't say what I've been watching. Yeah. Not much, as usual, because I've just been playing video games, continuing to play Ghost of Tsushima, but I I, I did watch all of Umbrella Academy. I made that a priority. Nice. Um, but then tonight, actually, before recording, we watched Dora and the Lost City of Gold, which is <laughs> Dora the Explorer. It's like yeah. the live-action yeah. Dora the Explorer movie. And... Um, I don't know why, because I hate Dora the Explorer. Like, I just... <laughs> it's just... It's one of those, like... 
like if I'm gonna watch one of those where with the kids, we're gonna watch Blues Clues because it's at least like it's got catchy music and whatnot. I find the music in Dora to be like really obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's obnoxious in Blues Clues as well, but we don't watch any of that stuff uh, frequently. We usually are watching like. I mean Paw Patrol and mostly and just Paw Patrol, yeah. But I, uh, I, uh, but those are like actual narratives, right? They're not like preschooler shows of like, hey, let's learn about words. Yeah, this is an apple. Can you say apple? <laughs> like, there's like a million shows that are like that. They yeah. that pretend like they're educational when it's like this. No, this is stuff that a child learns by being in the world, not by sitting in front of a TV. Um, but I, I. Uh, if they're going to sit in front of a TV, they're going to learn about narrative and crafting story. That's mm-hmm. that's my opinion on it. Um, but I, I I I hate Dora. I can't stand Dora, I, the Explorer. But I I don't know why I had like a feeling about this movie from the trailers because going to a lot of kids movies, you saw the trailers a lot, and I was like, they're they're gonna like subvert expectations with this movie like it's very much gonna be thumbing their nose at the fact that it's a nickelodeon live action movie based on a preschool cartoon show that every episode has the same plot and uh and they're like they're less than 15 minutes right but we're gonna turn this into an hour and 45 minute movie and uh uh i was not wrong at mm-hmm. all. The whole movie is it's an Indiana Jones movie for kids. So it's very much like in the vein of like a Spy Kids sort of thing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, um, which the Spy Kids movies are fantastic movies for kids. I I mean they're just great movies. They're so I, weird. Oh man, I They're have, like, so odd, but they but like they're people. just like fun adventure movies yeah. uh for the, for the whole family, quote unquote. And this is very much in that same vein. Um but, like, for someone who doesn't like Dora, there's a lot of making fun of it. Like, at one point, um, I, there's a character in Dora called Swiper, who is a fox, that will always, like, the thing that they're, like, looking for, it's because they have the map and they have to go find the thing, because she's an explorer, right? So, Swiper always gets there first, he always swipes it. And then you, the kids are supposed to yell at the screen, Swiper, no swiping. And then he stops and goes, oh, okay, here, I'll give it back. And it makes the kids think that they're interacting with a TV show, even though every episode is exactly the same. And the same thing always happens. So you're in this reality of this 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 movie where like it starts off and and uh, and um, it's very like the, the opening. She's a little kid. And and it's very much like the show, but in live action. And there's a CG monkey and a C, her backpack talks, the map talks, the and Swiper is there, and it's all like very much the the TV the cartoon show come to life. And then it stops and it's just her Dora and Diego, her cousin sitting in like a cardboard uh, Jeep. Aww. And it's like, oh, like they're making believe, right? Right. And yeah. then it cuts to ten years later. And Diego has left, like, he moved to the city, moved to Los Angeles, and Dora stayed in the jungle with her parents, and she's, like, not grown up. Like, she's totally, like, out of touch with reality. Um, And she still talks to the monkey, and she still sings about what's in her backpack and all this stuff. Um, But then when the movie starts going, uh, out of nowhere, 
the like these bad guys are like trying to 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 track them down or whatever uh and and get her backpack because it's got it has the map that the that the bad guys need in order to get to the lost city of gold first and swiper comes out of nowhere and he's like working with the with these mercenaries oh, like he's he's part of their team and he and like swiper is exactly the same as he was in the cartoon intro and boots is also exactly the same when we get to him later but but there's a moment where like like swiper comes and steals the backpack and gets away and then and then several of the other characters who've come from like los angeles who are like from the real world real world are like they're like did i what what did we just see did that fox just steal her backpack and run away with it like on two legs and, and then somebody's like like yeah why is he wearing a mask what what could a fox possibly like why would they need to conceal their identity how could you tell it apart from any other fox and it's just like it, these are very much the conversations that adults have with one another at birthday parties uh, when they're talking about paw patrol and, and dora and blue school and it's like how many times do we have to teach blue about how to pack a lunch for a picnic like right, honestly yeah, like blue things, yeah. it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich it's not <laughs> rocket science i know you're a dog but you can figure this out um but yeah it, it all of that to say it is actually like a really good kids version of indiana jones nice. um and uh, uh there's even a moment like really early on in the movie where i i turned to crystal and i was like oh so this is basically just indie for kids and like Dora turns around a corner and goes into this this temple and the music cue is the the it's like just a couple notes off of the arc theme from uh-huh. Raiders of the Lost Ark and I was like yep there it is like that's exactly what they were doing they yeah, were like let's let's make this an Indiana Jones movie but but um but for kids because it is very much like they know where to get the thing and the bad guys want to get the thing uh, and it follows all of the formula of 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 an Indiana Jones story um, which other movies have obviously ripped off as well but uh, yeah it's uh, it, I if you got kids and and you've you haven't watched it yet I highly recommend it right on. so cool let's uh, let's take a break for ads uh, and and pay the bills as they say unless you're on patreon uh, over at patreon.com slash thunderquack where you can get the podcast you can get it early for a dollar you can get ad free for five dollars or you can get the uh the the extended edition the uncut version for uh one of my at ten dollars uh and then if you are are a, a crazy person like the two people i'm about to name you can be a patreon producer for twenty dollars a month uh, at, like Brian Murawski and uh, JJ Samuel, who yeah. uh, are the best and our favorite because they support us uh, at a at a ridiculous level. Like they're they're paying double what people pay for the uncut just so that we say their name on the podcast. Doesn't that seem absurd? It seems absurd to me. I don't know. I like them for doing I, that. So no, that I, I can do. Like do I do as well. But. <laughs> Hey, we're about to talk about Umbrella Academy and the fact that it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and it's about as absurd as it gets. But uh, thank you to everybody who supports us over at patreon.com slash thunderquack at whatever level you support us at. You're all amazing. Um, And thank you to everybody who's just listening. Uh, You're also also pretty good, okay? Look, I like those download numbers. Download numbers are important, too. Yeah. 
They are. They are, for sure. And listening to the ads and and supporting us that way is definitely still a way to support us. And, of course, it doesn't cost anything for anybody to go to their podcast service of choice and give us a rating and a review, which I usually say at the end. But just in case you always skip the end, there it is in the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, With that, let's go to the ads, and we'll be back to talk about Umbrella Academy. Okay, uh, Umbrella Academy. That's our that's our big topic. That's what we're going to talk about. There's not really much to preface it with. Uh, it's the second season. So, hey, um, real quick, if you haven't watched the first or second season of Umbrella Academy, now would be a good time to stop the podcast. <laughs> go watch those shows because we love them. Yeah. Uh, well, that that one. It's a show. Those seasons, because uh, it's fantastic. It's a great and show. And I highly recommend staying up till three a.m. to finish them because that is what I did as well. Uh, like, I I very <laughs> nearly. Yeah, you got to <laughs> yeah. the the third to last episode, right? And you just I think kept so. Going. Yeah, and then. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I I couldn't. I was. It was like four o'clock in the morning by the third to last episode, and I was like, I have to turn it off and, and wake up the next day. And then I gotcha. had a real rough next day, but I watched all the rest of them as soon as I got up. Um. But yeah, go do go do that before yeah. you listen anymore. Go watch the rest of it. Uh, the this is going to be heavy spoilers, heavy heavy spoilers. I don't know specifically what we're going to get into with it, but just like there will be no uh, holds barred is the is the term. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Everything. both seasons really. Everything. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. I didn't realize, but I guess Umbrella Academy on the internet is, like, a controversial thing of, like, some people love it, some people hate it. I didn't know that people hate it. I don't understand, because it's don't so great. It. It's so great. Um, I, I tweeted midway through the season, I don't care what other people have to say about it. Like, this is very specifically exactly what i want from genre tv yeah um it's 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 funny it has a heart uh it's got great performances great characterization characters man in a completely absurd genre setting that knows exactly what it is establishes its rules and then plays by those rules to a T. Uh, yeah. Like the consistency of the sci-fi and the time travel components of this show are They're just so great. Perfect. It's yeah. it's just perfect. Um, and then on top of that, what they're able to do with the budget that they've got um, and what they pull off. I mean, the the beginning of this season when five. Oh, like the the big fight with all drops of them? in and oh, like yeah, yeah the yeah. the the it's like it's like the, the minute that they've released like yeah. they they release the one minute yeah. of the opening and you're like oh man but it's like but also the thing I love the most about Umbrella Academy and the thing that I think that they succeed the most in is like the when they all come together that's when you kind of mm-hmm. are like this gets going so for them to start with what we want like having them all there and all together and fighting and being really cool and badass and you're like this is what the show is i will say i was really worried that they were going to season two of stranger things it where they separated everybody and then didn't bring them back together until the last episode and you're like no the reason i loved the first season is because of these people and how they interact with one another mm-hmm. and luckily they did that like within two episodes most of the people were sort of together um and that that was something like because watching those first few episodes i'm like no 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 Everybody needs to be together, and that's, like, the greatest part about it. Um, but being able to start with with that team, like, was really... That was pretty cool. 
And I will say the one thing, there are so many inconsistencies in how the time travel is dealt with in this season. I didn't even care. Like I didn't even, I sort of like, just like was okay with like all the craziness that happens and some like, like logical fallacies and just like, just so many different things where it's like, well, what with Ben, like, I, I don't know. It's just, there's so many, so many things that are different. No, go into it. What's, what's, what's your, what's your issue? Cause I don't have any issues with the time travel. You don't? No. Five from the past knew that Vanya caused the apocalypse in the first one and got sent back anyways. It creates a paradox. Because then they they don't exist. Even though he went back at the same timeline, the se- the first season wouldn't have happened. So it's like that that's sort of like a thing where I'm like, why did he have to know that Vanya? Like if if they hadn't there there mm-hmm. was a way there was a way. But that that's they the could end of the season. That loop. No, but that's the end of the season. What's the end of the season? Is that like they? It it doesn't matter. It's 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 irrelevant because the whole point of the last episode. And the last like ten minutes of the final episode of this season is that although they remove themselves from the timeline, they left pieces of themselves behind, right? Vanya in particular with with uh, Harlan, right? Because right. Harlan has her powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those powers, which don't get introduced until what year is it that they're born? Eighty seven or eighty nine yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. existed. Like they existed well, in the 1960s. But what I mean is it, it creates a different them. Like, it, it actually creates an alternate reality as opposed to, uh, like, like the five that goes but, back, but, the old five except that, that goes Except back. that they're outside of it because it's not, this is, it's not back to the future rules. You don't get erased, right? Like, it's, it's closer to... No, that's what I mean. It's alternate reality world. Right? So, yeah. like, that five going back, knowing that Vanya stopped the apocalypse, like, was the reason for the apocalypse, created a different timeline. But that timeline doesn't exist by the time that we get to the end of the season anyways. Because of the stuff that happens with yeah. Ben. And you realize, yeah. yeah. And so that's my big thing where it really throws my brain so, off, is, like, what's going to happen? Like, what's going on with the time travel rule? But exactly, but that's exactly the point, And that's exactly what that final scene of the season is, is that they get back. And I'll tell you exactly what's happened already. What they did by interfering particularly with... with uh, uh, Hargreaves. Hargreaves' timeline. Yeah. Is that he has different the it's not the umbrella academy it's the sparrow academy and it's different kids except for ben he's the only one wasn't the one he didn't know that ben existed he would have taken ben anyways yeah right yeah yeah so yeah it's a completely different group yeah um because he would have specifically avoided the kids like i'll actually be really curious if there's a black guy because there wasn't a black man and there's a yeah. Spanish girl, like it's like he knew the races of the kids that were in the Umbrella Academy, and yeah, I yeah. feel like he f- he mixed it up because I'm like, how do you know if you don't name them? That's also just you know, it's like a thing that I'm anticipating bothering me about the Sparrow Academy is I'm like, how would he know that that wasn't Vanya? And I'm like, it would only happen if he could tell where he got the kids from, like racially yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway well, well he is he is uh, uh sir it's it's reginald right sir Regi- yeah. yeah reginald, reginald Hargreaves. Yeah. um and therefore i uh, i i have full faith that he would be able to deduce from the interactions that he had what the which of the children uh there if that if yeah, that's actually, his yeah. goal i don't think that it's going to be a concerted effort i think it'll just have been 
that he got to coincidence. Oh, that, interesting. That, not coincidence, but like because they modified things, because they altered things. So what you're going to end up with is, I think we'll discover that Harlan, that his powers develop as he gets older. He may have become a supervillain of some kind. We don't know. It, it kind of points in that direction at the end of the season. But you really hope that it's not that case because villainizing people with disabilities is probably not a good thing that the series should do and lean away from. Yeah. Know. Okay. It depends on how they handle it. So, yeah, like, I that's that's one of those things where it's like I don't want to, I don't want to, because uh, uh, the because the flip side of that is always making people with disabilities, uh, uh you know, the the, the cripple with a heart of gold sort of yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the what's I. Uh, uh, the the kid from uh, 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 Christmas Carol, uh, uh, oh um t- like Timmy yeah or, or whatever or... yeah you know what, what I'm talking about. What is his name? I know. Right? What is his name? The Scrooge. Uh, like you're talking about like Scrooge. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Is his name Timmy? I I feel like it's it's <laughs> Tim. It's Tiny <laughs> Tim. Tiny Tim. There you go. I was like, not I Timmy. Totally it's Tiny Tim. This like classic. Yeah. Classic um, character. I really hope that people listening to us sometimes just yell into their like, just yell. They definitely and are like, Amanda, you it's part of the fun. <laughs> like, okay, it's anyway, part so. of the fun. I was right there with you on that one though, because yeah. I was like, is it? It's Tim of some kind. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tiny Tim, because like that's the that's the that's the trope, right? right. Is the like is is the idea of like it's very specific in Scrooge, and I think that's one of the reasons why it works in that instance because it is very much. The whole point of that story is that Scrooge has everything and is still yeah. a Scrooge. We have a term based around the way yeah. that his that he behaves because it's such a great example of that. Um, and then and then Tiny Tim is meant to be the the counterpoint to that of like here's a child with absolutely nothing who still manages to to have hope and and experience joy, right? The, to teach Scrooge a lesson. So like that's. That 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 archetype, that trope exists for a reason, but I find that it gets placed on characters with disabilities way too often. Um, but but then again, because that trope exists, you have the counter trope to that of the uh, disabled person who is an asshole, like just a straight up asshole. The the. The problem I have with either one of those things being the the way that it goes is that neither one is nuanced and it's not interesting storytelling, right? Um, it can be. I mean, Michael J. Fox playing himself in Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, as uh, uh, Michael J. Fox with Parkinson's. He there's a season where where Larry goes to New York and he ends up in an apartment right underneath Michael J. Fox, and there's a whole storyline like they don't get along because Larry's a curmudgeon and Michael J. Fox is. Uh, to everybody else a wonderful person but the joke is that he's secretly a total jerk um but like no one like anybody who knows won't call him on it because of the parkinson's it's so good because he's in on the joke right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and and larry is doesn't suffer people in that way right so he's like calls him out on it. he's like you're just doing this because you know you can get away with it and uh, and and it's always like, how dare you in front of other people? But then in private, he's always like, yeah, 
and no one's gonna believe you <laughs> uh, like that that sort of thing oh, so that's I, a good I way to I use like, it i wish i could but, stomach larry david stuff i just i think i'm the only person on the planet that can't watch larry david. no there's a lot of it crystal yeah. doesn't like like curb either no. uh, because and I, get I, it. I get why it's funny like i, I get it yeah. but it just like to me is like i totally understand yeah. why people would not want to watch curb your enthusiasm it is like it 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 uh it spiritually feeds me his uh his his but i think that that is the it's it feeds the the spiritual jew inside me um that needs to gripe about people and you know which not waiting in lines and which cetera. what we're speaking of right now you might yeah. be um particularly qualified to talk about that a lot of the things that people are talking about is the handler using yiddish and the idea yeah. of like um like painting like jewish people in a negative light in film like is that something that you're aware of that conversation online uh, specifically like, about this show handle, no yeah about this this no. show there's a lot of people with jewish backgrounds that are actually quite upset with the treatment of the handler and like if it is if she is the only jewish representation and is the bad is a bad a bad I, guy or whatever again like, I'll, I'll I'll go back to to what I'm saying about about like if harlan ends up being like yeah. growing up to be a villain or whatever um if if they are played as cartoon villains like mustache twirling stereotypes and the i personally feel that unless you're bringing the racial stereotypes into the character and making that a part of right why they're a villain right Right. like for example saying that a black person steals stereos that's like that like and that's why they're a bad guy right like that's their villain origin story is that they stole a stereo or something like that it's like that's a that's a harmful stereotype it's a cartoonish stereotype it's 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 willfully ignorant all of that stuff right to me like that's where you cross the line uh making if you made a black person the bad guy, like let's say in the movie Unbreakable, where Samuel Jackson plays Mr. Glass, who turns out to be a supervillain, no one's like, huh, this is really painting black people in a in a negative light. And the reason why they're not saying that is because he's not a stereotype of those things. He's not a stereotype of blackness, right? He's he's a very nuanced, very interesting character in 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 an M. Night Shyamalan movie of all things. Uh, which is surprising, but I, 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 and, and I think with the handler, I, I don't know. I personally think that it's a great performance. Uh, I really like, I I like the character a lot. I think that she's actually very relatable. Um, and, and like all good villains, she sees herself as the hero of her own story. Right. Yeah. And especially after getting killed last season and then coming back this season and, like you can you can see where in her mind her rise to power is her hero's journey yeah right yeah. but whereas we're watching it and going like this character is reprehensible but like there's there are levels to that there's nuance to that so i don't want to say that i represent i uh, i uh, people with a jewish background in the least um but for me, it's like that. Her using Yiddish, that to me felt more like a a, a choice that coincides with the anachronistic nature of the character, and less with 
any implications that she's a sneaky Jew or something like that, right, which right. is which is, I think, the, the parallel that people would want to be drawing is that is that she's a, a that, you know, Jews grasp for power and that sort of thing. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get that read of the character. So, which is, which is good. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff where people are like, also, first of all, just because she used Yiddish doesn't necessarily mean like, there's just a lot of stuff and I, but it's like a whole, it's a whole thing online that it's like, um, yeah, where it's like, this is like a a huge, like, yeah, controversy. There's, there's a, there's an element to that where I think that. I think that people specifically, because I have a different perspective on it, because I wasn't raised in, I, I definitely like like the first ten years of my life, I was in a bit of a Jewish community because our our like the school that I went to was very uh, there's a lot of Jewish kids and oh um, Steve and Blackman, the series creator, apparently is Jewish. So he's and I'm like, just, that's probably where a lot he, of that stuff's coming from yeah, is that like, like I would like, bet I I'll bet you anything that a lot of it is characterized character. off of his own mother. Right. And it's like and he but he's like, I didn't create an anti-Semitic character in my show. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like where he's like, she used Yiddish. Sure. Like it. But it's apparently. And that's apparently what the thing is like. Yeah. Yiddish like, is yeah. Yiddish. It, I, someone who was raised in a very Jewish um, uh, community very like surrounded by by other people with that background which I mean like when I moved to Penticton it was like that was like removed like it was a novelty that I was Jewish in Penticton so um, like in fact it was a source of frustration for me because I was like ridiculed for it a lot of the time but uh, it was the butt of a lot of jokes so so I'm sensitive on that sort of stuff when it's the butt of a joke for sure but like the appropriation of using Yiddish for a character who isn't necessarily Jewish, right? Because I don't know that she necessarily reads as Jewish, and like she's just called the handler. We don't have a name, so it's other than other than the way that she talks or behaves. We don't have any other indicators of a of a nationality or 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 anything oh. like that, or cultural identity like that. But but if you were raised in that sort of a community, I could see how you would have ownership over. Yiddish terms, but I'll say as somebody who is both like like sort of a toe in that community, and then and then the rest of me out in the in in the rest of the world, I uh, Yiddish is a thing. People say chutzpah, they don't say it properly. They say chutzpah, right? But but they but like people say words. They like I uh, uh, you got some schmutz on you, right? Like that's these are Yiddish words, and and if if Captain America turned around, like if Chris Evans as Captain America turned and went like, like, oh, hey, you got some schmutz on your face. I would attribute that to the fact that he's from 1930s New York. Not, yeah. I wouldn't go like, wait, are they trying to make Captain America Jewish? Right? Like, like that's the, not, the, that's not the, how I would re- read There's that. A, like a lot of stuff. And I'm very sorry for bringing this up without like having a huge background in like the okay. conversations that are happening online. But it's like the idea of like. Um, being part of a secret organization, bringing about mm-hmm. the end of humanity and global domination and like other. So apparently it was a criticism of the first season and then they doubled down on it in the second season. And so people gotcha. are like, why would you have done it a second time when people were already critical of you? And it just, I think Steve Blackman just is sort of being like, I don't see this character as anti-Semitic and therefore she just exists. So anyways, that's the only like context I have of this, yeah. of this like controversy, if you will. But I think she's a very cool 
character like just generally speaking the hand like the like her in this this sort of season yeah. being much more interesting than she was last season and much more like prominent this season than like I know she was and, sort of and, prominent last yeah season, I would say like, that if that's a if that's a criticism that people had of the character in the first season where she was a little bit more of a straight up villain um this season humanizes her yeah. She right, and it's like it, yeah. in in the ultimate goal of showing what a monster she is. Yeah, right. Yeah, By yeah, the end of, course, of it, yeah. but that's where I'm saying like there's nuance to it, right? Yeah. And I think that they, with a lot of these, um, sort of like like, uh, uh triggered cancel culture conversations, of like, well, that's it. You're you're uh uh coding that character is this because you're trying to make this message or whatever and it's like okay first of all intent is important it is important and i like there are a lot of articles that you read online that say that authorial intent is is irrelevant and it's like no it's not irrelevant yeah authorial intent is a part of art why people don't um, like ender yeah um <laughs> It's not the it's not the the entire point of it. So if if the intent is not coming across and it's overtly coming across as, as this other thing, then that's something. But I would say that like that humanizing that character, bringing that character into a more rounded version of themselves, is is uh, Stephen Blackman like actually addressing that in a in the proper way, and it's also like what who. Who is watching Umbrella Academy? Honestly, who is watching Umbrella Academy and then turning around and going like, yeah, man, the Jews, <laughs> right? Secret <laughs> organizations, people who already have that bias. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like it, do it would double down only on that specific thing. Yeah. And I will say at the end and of the day. And you're not going to convince those people otherwise anyways yeah. because they, gonna, they are they hell bent are on being racist. Yeah, so. But see, and the thing is, I haven't that's even, what we've I learned even in the last thought about years. that. Quite frankly. I didn't know she spoke Yiddish in it. I didn't pay attention to the yeah. languages she was speaking. I know she speaks Mandarin because I remember her. There was like a teaching thing that she's speaking that language. And there was other languages she was speaking. I wasn't paying attention to the yeah. other types of languages and I didn't code it. Now, it would help if there was more Jewish representation all over the place because then you wouldn't. But that's sure. the whole thing that happens, right? Where it's the same argument that you get into with autistic representation, right? It's like yeah. either the thing the show is about or... Not at all, right? It's just like it's like it's like uh, it, how to, you eat. to yeah. to to make the claim that this show, which the source material, all of the characters are white, right? Oh, interesting. in the I comic, interesting. Wow, all of the the entirety of Umbrella Academy is white. They're just huh. I'm 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 pretty sure I'd have to crack it open and double check, but I'm pretty sure all of the characters are white. Making uh, making Allison black, like making Diego uh, actually. Well, I don't know. I guess if his name was originally Diego, yeah, but, he's probably. But um, I I making Ben Asian like like there there are choices in in this version of the story that were very uh, there's actually a podcast there's a there, like a netflix it's the the podcast is called netflix behind the scenes and they do each season is kind of about a different thing so they did one about stranger things they did one about the witcher yeah the witcher and then they and right now they're doing one about umbrella academy season two but they're kind of because they didn't do one for season one. They're kind of going back a little bit about like the genesis of the series. And and I just listened to it uh, on Saturday, on Friday. And um, it, it like they go into it that like they that 
uh, uh, Gerard Way, who uh, was one of who wrote the characters, and and Gabriel Ba, uh, I, I, who's uh, Brazilian. I think he's Brazilian. Like they 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 created the characters together. Right. Right. I mean, like Gerard Way created the characters. He wrote them and 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 uh, and did the first sketches of them. But like, in terms of a creative team, like that's the creative team on on the original comic. They 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 crafted that story in this way, and then Stephen Blackman came in and and switched it up and added diversity to it and did it in a way that I think like it, it, when you listen to this podcast, you'll hear that like Gerard Way is very much like, like, yeah, I mean like added a layer, an extra layer onto it that is better than what we did originally, because like in, in kind of his way of looking at it is like, he was just doing it kind of with his lens and he just m- made a weird version of the X-Men. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, here comes like the the showrunner who's like okay we have something to say with this right? right and then i would say especially like in season 2 doubling down on that on that representation angle of it and telling a story with Allison's character that like that yeah. goes there but that, also but also with Vanya's character like that goes yep. there with with like lgbtq like struggles and yeah, yeah. like it, so, it's like important to say yeah. To look at this show holistically and then to find something about it to drag it for it like that's an effort and and to me I don't wanna I don't wanna downplay anybody's uh, negative experience or or the way that like they're personally affected mm-hmm. but but what I would say is like maybe rather than immediately going to Twitter and and i i you know writing your article on on uh, uh, you know uh, whatever vice or or the mary sue or whatever website you you're going to go to 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 write these types of articles um the sites that are well known for this sort of stuff i uh, before you do that maybe sit down either by yourself or preferably with a a, a professional like a therapist or a psychiatrist and unpack why this television show has triggered this in you so that you can understand whether or not it's the show or it's a sensitivity that you have. Because I do think that they, that with some of the discourse that happens online, it's not just about racial stuff. It's kind of just about everything. There, there's a lot of times I think that people would benefit instead of going to echo chambers online in social media, going to an unbiased third party mm-hmm. and unpacking it before getting into it. Uh, certainly before writing a, 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 a you know, a, your your expose on it to, but, and there's, to try and, there's and take lots, something and it's down. Like, yeah, lots of lots of articles and lots of. Yeah, but the, but the other part of it is that is that the social media culture uh, plays into this stuff, and that's where the clicks are. Yeah, yeah. So people are reinforced both from a monetary standpoint with actual clicks, but then also just like from a from a like a self worth and and you know like dopamine serotonin standpoint, like brain chemistry standpoint of like when I tweet 
these things, I get reinforced by the people in my circle right. who say... In your echo chamber that are yeah, saying the same thing. Yeah, you're right, right? Like, like, and, and it's something that I definitely noticed lately with myself with the Raylo stuff oh, uh, yeah. online that it's like they, they, I've definitely embraced that community because I'm getting a lot of positive reinforcement from that community. That said, like, I am very cognizant of the fact that that's what's happening. And that's why I'm I'm into it right now in the way that I am. Um, But it's also like I'm I watch Star Wars and I'm in Star Wars and I'm in that discourse because I want to enjoy my time with Star Wars. And that community is much more enjoyable than the community that I was in previously, where everybody is telling me that I'm an idiot for not liking Rise of Skywalker, uh, right? That I need yeah. to stop complaining and just enjoy the stupid space movie. No. And it's like, you don't okay, have to enjoy. yes, but also there are very logical inconsistencies, uh, illogical inconsistencies, I should say, in this silly space movie that go beyond um, that that go beyond my level of enjoyment that 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 take away from that, but. Like there's a, the, I, I don't know. I just think that, that people go online looking for two things. They look for reinforcement or they're looking for confirmation bias. And those two things feed each other oh, because yeah. the person who's like Umbrella Academy is anti-Semitic is they're reinforced by the person who's looking for their confirmation bias of everything is anti-Semitic, right? right? Because there are, like, and, and with any... I feel like we're kind of uh, dogpiling on, on the anti-Semitism argument, but, like, with any of these sort of, like, like representation conversations, it's always... Like, there, there are always going to be people who uh, who are going to jump on it and, and be like... Uh, but you didn't do this properly and it's like but look at this show and look at all of the things that it's doing well intentionally not yeah, by accident not the stuff not, that it's like yeah yeah not because of a because of a, a a netflix initiative to have diversity but because the the show creator a showrunner uh, like the 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 person who who adapted this for tv was like I want to bring another level to this, and like you can tell that it's genuine because it's baked into the content. It's yeah, not. Yeah, you can't a, remove it. You can't remove it. It's part of the story. Yeah, it's, it's not a layer Allison's on top. Story. It's yeah. part of Vanya's story, and it's important to who they are. I will say something that I'm also really pleased about is like the the Ben Hargreaves story did sort of play itself out in a really genuine way, yeah. but it was sad. Where I'm kind of like, because the I think it's Justin Justin Min, I guess, is the the guy that plays Ben Hargreaves. And yeah. I quite I quite like him in that role, and I like the role of Ben. And I always was really sad in the last two seasons that he really does only interact with Klaus. I loved him possessing Klaus in this season yeah. to have that little bit with Diego and and him being the reason that Klaus gets their own time like this these little things about this little boy that come through like this little ben and i am really sad because that ben is gone Mm -hmm. but for them to be able to bring ben back and that actor back like is such a cool where it was a thing where sometimes when people die i'm like well this isn't real i don't believe these stakes but i actually did believe that they were going to make the choice to like let the ben character go and i was sad about that but also i'm like okay no it, it's sort of played itself out and it makes logical sense and then for them to bring it back is like so satisfying yeah in a way that it's like 
I don't know, Sarah Connor Chronicles, when yeah. they killed off, what is it, Derek? Derek, Derek Reese, yeah. Derek Reese, and then immediately bring him back in the future in like the next episode. That just always has rankled me the wrong way. It was like within a within like an within like a couple minutes, right, of like how yeah. those storylines. And always I'm like, way to cop out on your thing. It always has bothered me, and so I always have it at the back of my brain that I'm gonna hate it whenever that happens. The, the, I am okay with it in this round. <laughs> it's a, here's the difference, right? Is that in in Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, it's very much Derek walks around a corner and takes a bullet straight to the forehead and right. collapses it's, it's on the mean, ground. And you're like, meaningless. Yeah. he's dead. He yeah, is yeah, yeah. dead. Like, it, like yeah. they do it. It's a shock. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like at the end of that, I think it's maybe a couple episodes later because might, that's, yeah. that, that's like towards the end of the season. But then, yeah, at the end of the season, when John gets sent to the future, and and Derek is there. You're like, oh, okay. So that's how he'll be in season three. The yeah. part of that that sucks is that the show got canceled. Yeah. So we have there no we have no closure on that. <laughs> so it really like we don't know if it was worth it or not. Yeah, yeah. we'll never know, right? Yeah. Um, the difference the difference with with this uh, instance in Umbrella Academy is that Ben goes because he sacrifices himself. He makes a conscious choice. Yeah. Right. And it's like to fulfill a purpose. Yeah. It's an important thing that he does. So it's not just like falling away. And and it's executed well and it's and it's performed brilliantly. And it is, as you say, like he only gets to interact with Klaus for the first season and really most of season two. And then here in his last moment, we get to see him interact with Vanya and and then say, like, hey, say goodbye to everybody for me. Like. Like they, they, you feel it. You feel the emotional weight of that moment, and so then to get them back at the end of the season, in the way that we do, is like, it's, it's awesome. Super satisfying. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It works I so just, well. I, I actually really do. Like, it's so cheesy. But them all piling into the car when Vanya, where it's like, yeah. don't do it again, you guys. It's so superficial. that It's like, just go with her. She, she's your sister. And then they do all get in the car. Yeah. Can I just say, though, what is the point of Luther? He is so useless. Oh, come on. Star. Come on. You're going to do like this. You're, gonna, you're the worst. You, you, you pick on these characters. It's, you're, you're just the worst. <laughs> Luther is a great character. He is the I mean, the conscience of I guess yeah I mean I don't I don't like it though when like the like people that are supposed to be like the leaders or whatever are yeah. not like but they're the least interesting I guess that that's like sort of a thing that they are the least interesting people and like I, I get his, I, his story in the first that, season was much more interesting That is such a misread of the character Really because he is every bit as interesting as everybody else I You just agree. can't relate to what his issues are Maybe I mean I um, guess so. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably what it is. His issues with with uh, with uh, Reggie, with Sir Reginald Hargreaves, I mean, with his yeah. father are they are very very well executed, and the way that he um, it, it's it's also you can't you can't have Luther without Diego, and you can't have Diego without Luther. They're they're two right. sides of the same coin. Um, they're the they're the yin and yang in in that equation, right? And the uh, the best example of it in this season is the the dinner scene when Hargreaves just dismantles Diego, and it like I had forgotten 
that Diego had the stutter, yeah. right? And yeah. it like it comes back, and I and love it brutal. when like, it it's just, it yeah. flashes over to I think Allison and then Vanya, who like Allison remembers. Like right. she's yeah. like she's like horrified at it of like oh no Diego like like I can't you like I feel bad for you being put back into this position like he's turned you into a child in front of all of us yeah and then for Vanya who's like who doesn't understand what's happening because she's lost her memory right. to be kind of like like what who is this man and why does he have this power over them right right yeah um. And then, and then to flip that and with Luther for him to finally, finally stand up to Hargreaves and, and like say what he needed to say. Now, did he do it effectively? Not in the least, but that's kind of, you have to look at all of these characters as what they are, which they're, they are real versions of the comic book archetypes of characters like the X-Men or the Avengers of those team dynamics. Right. And Luther is Cyclops. He is Scott Summers, but the difference is that Scott Summers, he's got everything it takes to be a leader. That's why he's the leader. That's why Charles chooses him as the leader. Right. And it's why once Charles is gone or whenever he's out of commission or whatever, and it's like Scott always steps up and does what needs to be done and 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 takes the hit when a hard choice needs to be made. And then Wolverine, like, basically dresses him down in front of everybody. But Scott always stands there and goes, I don't care what you're saying. Logan, right. This is the way it's going to be because I call the shots on this team, not you. Right. Right. That's what Luther is supposed to be. That's what Hargreaves wants him to be. And it's what we desperately want him to be in every moment. But the character works because it's not who he is. He is actually, and this is why the relationship with him and Allison works is because Allison actually understands him and knows that he is actually, despite his superpower being invulnerability and super strength, he is actually super sensitive because he wears his heart on his sleeve and he cares about the people around him more than anybody else on the show, right? Right. So when Diego gives him a hard time, it hurts him, but he hides it or at least he tries, because he's supposed to be the stoic leader. But he's not stoic, right? Yeah. Like, and that's why he's not the leader. Five is the leader, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Like, oh, when God, you actually break it so down, cool. five is yeah, actually five is the leader. Like, th- it's, this is what, like, this is why I love the show. Because yeah. for me, what I was thinking about this as I was watching the last few episodes, the Umbrella Academy is the best X-Men adaptation we've ever gotten. <laughs> Um, it's better than any of the movies. It's better than any of the cartoon shows. And I like, I would say even better than like the X-Men nineties animated series, which is a very faithful adaptation, but doesn't do anything to add to what the comics already did. Right. It, it is, it is in many instances, like a one-to-one, one-to-one point five, because it's very updated for the nineties. But it is a lot of the classic storylines brought into a single continuity in a great way. The 90s X-Men series is fantastic. And it might be getting a revival on Disney+, Plus, which is insane if that happens. It would be so cool if that happens. Um, but it will ultimately be a letdown. So just prepare yourselves for that, everybody. I, I, but yeah, the Umbrella Academy and, and the comic is not this. 
the the comic is is like many um self-aware postmodern superhero comics it's a send-up of the genre in general but it definitely uses the archetypes of of the x-men of the everybody's got a different power even though all their powers presumably come from the same source maybe we'll learn more about that in the next season i i considering like we learned that that hargreaves is an alien uh in this season we knew that in the first season did we know that from the first season it's been so long but no but everybody's telling me that he didn't like i looked it up online but i'm kind of like in the first season, he's clearly on a different planet saying goodbye to this dying woman with spaceships. Oh yeah, going that's right. That's right. Yeah. Where it's like it's yeah. like clearly he's an alien. But he I guess he doesn't like reveal himself as yeah. like an alien. And yeah. in this one he What did. a great moment that is though, like, when he pulls the mask off and they all just like they're all just terrified. Um But yeah, like like the 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 TV show, The Umbrella Academy, like Netflix Umbrella Academy, is very much like this is this is a perfect take on the X Men in the year twenty twenty, right? Well, it touches on the stuff that X Men is supposed to, right? Like the social justice and all these things that the The, movies have completely lost track of. Hopefully, the MCU versions don't. About five a little bit, though, too, because I actually think we really only got brief glimpses of the older five, like in this in the first season. I think that so two things really blew my mind, right? The idea that he's literally only 14 years or 14 days like he's been dealing somebody there was a meme online that it's like everybody's had a couple a couple years or months to process the apocalypse but for like five, it's just been a real crappy couple days. (laughs) It's like, yeah, because he's going from But the older version of five is so much more of a kid than the five that we see, like the the Aiden Gallagher version. I think that's his name. Um, Yeah. Like you can see the insecurities of this guy that has been alone for so many years and is going to make a choice to go back in time and is really like, like skeptical. And there's enough stuff. Like I thought I wasn't going to like it and I kind of didn't while I was watching it. I'm kind of like, I don't know if they're getting this right. Like I think that they could have done this differently. Like, I don't know if this dynamic really works, but then afterwards I was thinking, and I'm kind of like, he he talks about that a lot, like about how he was in the future for so long and he was by himself and he became an assassin, all this stuff, but that you forget that he is just sort of a kid that's trying to figure out like he he was just he didn't he like stunted his growth like as much as yeah. he's like this great assassin he really didn't like grow that much but it oh man his fights are the best and like and I love like I don't know if you did you get it right away so what is the name of the girl that becomes ele- like the eleven girl like what the one <laughs> she's not I, I just what's the girl the girl that be- is like come on you know who I'm talking about the I, new I, character in this season that is the superpowered girl that has steals all their powers oh I I geez now you've got now I'm I know. I'm gonna blank on anyways it. that girl when five is fighting her yeah she clearly has his powers but they don't show it to us they don't use the sound effects but it's like did anybody else catch on that she had his powers because I, it's like so clear I did but not like, but you don't but in it you trick your brain where you're like, well, no, they haven't established that she has any power. So why mm. would she have have his powers? But she clearly like in the way she's fighting because she's evading him. Right. It's like so clear that that's what she was doing. Like you only get that in hindsight when you realize that she can steal their yeah. powers. Is she like called like the mirror or something? Like anyways, Lila just, is, is Lila. her name. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So when Lila and five are fighting, 
it's just not revealed, but it's like afterwards when you see yeah. her like have all their powers, you're like, clearly that's what was happening. She was stealing his powers as he was fighting. That's how she could fight. Now I want to go back and watch that fight again. <laughs> but it's like, because it's like she kept disappearing and it's like the only way that she could do that is if she could do the same thing that five could do. Cause that's yeah. how five fights. And you see that it was established. I'm pretty sure in like the, in his fight style, right. In like how you see him fight like that in like the first season and stuff like yeah. that. Right. Like, yeah. It just, anyways, I, but it's a thing where afterwards I was like, oh, that's what she's doing. But they don't use the sound effects and they don't use the visual effects. Did you, you can't like. Did tell. you rewatch season one before season two? I watched a few key episodes. I okay. didn't watch. I remember being very upset about the day that was and the day that wasn't, like the yeah. the, the two time travel episodes. So I didn't rewatch those ones. And then I kind of like now want to go back and rewatch like more stuff because I left a few gaps. Like I actually forget completely how close went back to the past and was in Vietnam. Like I, yeah. I feel like he got a briefcase or something. I can't remember. There's a few gaps from the first season where I'm kind of like, now that I really like have had time to sit on the second season, I want to go back and yeah. rewatch the whole first season again because it's just like so great. I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think great. I might, I think I might try and get Crystal to watch the whole thing with me because it's has she not has she not watched? she she doesn't watch it and when i'm watching it she's like when i was watching it the other night because i watched it i think i maybe watched it in four sittings basically and so like the second or third sitting i was watching it on the tv and she was doing something else it came out from from putting the one of the girls to bed or something like that and was like what the hell are you watching and i was like this is umbrella academy i don't have time to explain <laughs> there's no i can't yeah, i can't much. begin yeah. to because it was yeah. the it's the episode with um i with the flashback uh for hargreaves and uh and pogo where oh. where we see the the origin story for pogo right, of like the, pogo, the, yeah. the 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 oh, yeah, space experiments and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. And uh, that is my favorite. That is the thing that I'm the most excited about for season three. Is Pogo to be back? Is that Pogo should theoretically be back. Because I remember watching season one and like there's a moment a couple episodes in where I everybody's kind of come back and and I I it's all tumultuous and it's all the, these feelings and whatever. And I think it might be like, it's either with Pogo and Luther or Pogo and Vanya, but there's a moment where like, they get like, like Pogo gets into it with somebody and he's like, 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 like kind of teaching them a lesson, giving them very sage advice. And I'm, and I was sitting there watching it and my brain clicked and went, that's a CG monkey, an ape. Sorry. That's a CG ape. That is a CG chimp. And you are a thousand percent bought into it, yeah. like like more than you would if that was a human being. Um, and it was the moment that I went like that. I realized I love this show, like I because I read the Umbrella Academy comics years ago. Like like I read the first volume very soon after it was collected in trade paperback. I didn't read them in issues, but I remember it's like the trade paperback came out, and and Johnny at at Metropolis Comics was like. Dude, you gotta read this comic. They okay. it's it's just come out in the trade paperback. Here, go read it. Um, and uh, and and so it was like it was like real fresh at the time, and uh, and I was like, this is this is super cool. And then I remember volume two came out, and I just I think I bought it and never finished it, or oh. if I finished it, like I just didn't commit it to memory. I was like, yeah, it didn't have the same 
the same vibe that the that the first volume had and i think that i think that a lot of people would agree with that um but i i so when the show was coming out i was like okay yeah like i'm definitely going to give this a a, a try because i do like the source material um but i'm very it's mostly i'm curious to see how they're going to pull off luther like that oh, right, because yeah. in the comic he is just like he looks it the the ape body looks more like a suit it looks oh, more like he's got like it. like the like the neck part of it looks right. like a like a space suit collar like a 1950s oh, spaceman because he actually does have like a like okay. when he's in outer space on the moon he's got like a bubble that goes onto it that attaches onto it um and then obviously they interpreted it very differently in in the in the show but i i yeah like it was it was very much like a curiosity of like how are they going to do vanya how are they going to do luther? but i love that they explain luther like they explain yeah. the like stuff with pogo like leading to and i love the grace is around like i just think that yeah. that's a beautiful like, like a, what they, a beautiful unexpected addition they like, took all really of cool. the best elements of a story like back to the future where you go back and and you get to interact with your parents Right. Right, At at an earlier point in time. Um, uh, And the point of Back to the Future is to realize that, you know, your your parents had hopes and dreams, too. (laughs) Right. That's the that's the the point of that story is that, like, they were once teenagers. They once rebelled against the system just like you did. Um, And and, you know, like so when you get back to the future, treat them with a little bit more kindness and a little bit more respect sort of thing um and but but the great thing about umbrella academy is is how subversive it is with all of those types of tropes where it's like it does the opposite where it's like no no hargreaves is worse than you thought that he was yeah that but was then, the, the hardest part about that, that second season is you're like yeah i didn't realize how terrible he was they kept saying how terrible he was yeah. but he is worse but you get yeah. to see it you get to see it and you get to see it before he's actually had that that time to mature into the character that he was when they knew him right because we're talking yeah. about it's removed by what 30 years so yeah, at least, yeah. it's uh like yeah like there's there's a lot of growth in a character uh but also like like what we learn about him I, I actually makes him more sympathetic to the audience, even though, even though what he does in this season to me is like, it's, it's, it's way beyond like he's, he's more harsh than anything we heard about yeah. in the first season. Um, so yeah, like it, it's uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's an expertly crafted show. I don't think it's anti-Semitic in nature, <laughs> just in yeah. case that wasn't clear. Um, I, I think it's I think it's doing a lot of really cool stuff. I am curious from your perspective because I haven't read the Umbrella Academy, but I've yeah. started I'm like interested because now I'm like hearing that the Sparrow Academy is part of the third version of like it's actually in the comics and I'm mm. like, ooh, what is this? And because they might actually like I really want them to get a third season. Like if they don't get a third season, it's gonna be real devastating. But it's like it did so well in the first season and I feel like enough people are watching it right now that I think they'll it get will. renewed. Like I hope it was. I think it will. Anyways, so I wanted to like learn more about it and so I read a preview of the first thing and I had always thought that Hargreaves had created the children. Like that there was something in those like like spaceships or like there was a reason why they showed us that and, yeah. and whatever that jar was that he had of glowing stuff that he took with him. I kind of thought that there's a time where he releases something into the 
heir and then creates these kids that are yeah. like part of this larger. But in the comic books, I feel like the opening thing says it begins with an elbow or something. And it's just about some sort of cosmic god elbowing another cosmic god and it creates an anomaly in the world in which these 43 children are born or whatever it is yeah it's very much like like a happenstance it's just it's just a happenstance thing and that makes me mad because i always want things to mean something and (laughs) part of the worst part about this is that i think it's not going to i think these kids just have these powers and they were taken by this terrible guy because he thought they were interesting whereas i kind of had always thought it was like on purpose that he had like created these kids to do and it's like it makes it worse. No, and it makes it more I feel real in the second season. I feel that Hargreaves has a goal. He has an right, end yeah. game, and he's yeah. preparing them for something. But I can't figure out what it is. Like, well, I, guess, I, I think I time. think it's I think it's obfuscated because I think that he had a goal. Uh, in 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 this season, we see that that like he's working with this shadowy cabal oh, and these conspirators yeah. towards an end. But then when because I don't like that. That played out the way that it played out in right. in the regular timeline. I believe right. that it would have actually right? like figured it. Yeah, yeah, that like when when Kennedy was assassinated, regardless of whether or not the Umbrella Academy affected the timeline in this version, when that happened initially, he went back to that to the conspirators and did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because so he was like, thing. "You yeah, manipulated me, yeah. and I refused to be treated that way. I'm gonna kill you all." Right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that he had a goal, he had he had a plan, but then that happened, and and I think that what we see, and and this is why I say that he's ultimately a more sympathetic character, is that that we see that turn, right? Because we see him before that. We're interacting with him for the most part this season before that moment, and he's this awful person, but then we get to that moment, and he reveals his true face, and it's a it. It's not just um, a reveal of like, oh, this is his alien face. Uh, Not that we don't actually get to see it. It's not a full reveal. We just see it from behind. But it is actually to me like there's a symbolic meaning of him like shedding that old Hargreaves, right? The old Reginald Hargreaves. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And turning over the new leaf of this is what sets him on the path to because when we see some of the some of the flashbacks of him training the kids, it's very much like, he's like there, like, the, the, the funeral, the, 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 the speech at the funeral where he's like, I, I, it, it's, I, um, the, the, the world is a, is an evil place and you guys need to do this or whatever. And you fail at, at Ben's funeral. And he's right, like, and you yeah. failed. Right, you yeah. failed in that in that and I, like you need to learn from this and do better next time right yeah. and he's like he's very callous about it but at the same time there is a there is a kernel of of Something like there, genuine yeah. heroism in yeah. that character of like he's doing what he's doing for altruistic reasons but for whatever reason he's a flawed character and is incapable of doing it in the right way. Right. But okay. but it's it's one of those things where it's like the ends kind of do justify the means because the ends are save, saving the humanity saving humanity, humanity saving right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like no, but like... and creating a group of heroes that can do that. But but the whole point of it is that his his means are 
hopelessly doomed to fail, right? To the point where he creates Vanya as the white violin who destroys the world, right? right like yeah, it's yeah. it is yeah. it's because he doesn't his know how to deal with human poor parenting that, that yeah leads and to like that, emotions right? and creating these other stunted people. Yeah. I'm excited to see how the commission turns out under who is it Vern or whatever Herb? is Herb, Herb? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think that that was an interesting little little addition. Power corrupts. And and I really, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But I also like that Lila still exists. Like yep. that, and and one of the greatest things too, that it does speak to like the complexities of Hargreaves' character is that his advice to Five is what saves them, right? Yeah. Like that advice being like, why are you being an idiot and going back so far in time? Just a few seconds is all you need to change. And it's like- And that that is- like, that's the piece of it to me that that is is the confirmation that I that I need of like Hargreaves is actually like he is Professor X. Right. He is sort of like training them in. But he's capacity, not a yeah. comic book idealized version of a character. Right. He's a real flawed. He's not a human, but he's a real yeah. flawed. He has humanity, even though he's not yeah. human. Right. And it's because of it's because of his mistakes and it's because of the fact that he has his own failings that that are going to result in him passing that on to his children um, and and him not being prepared to to do what's actually necessary to raise children, which is to to nurture them and care for them and and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, there's. The the show is so much more nuanced. There are so many more levels to it than the comics. The comics are very... But there's also, like, the comics... Let's say, I think it's six issues, right? And I... It might it might actually be seven issues because there's seven siblings, right? Right. Because oh, so I think that each, each of them. issue has a cover that is one of the siblings. But, um... The... The... the 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 like seven ish six or seven issues, you read maybe it's eight. You read that quick, right? right? Like yeah. you could sit and you could read the trade paperback in a sitting, if if like it, with a concerted effort, and it wouldn't be much longer than a movie. So right. th- when you think of it in those terms versus what we've got now, which is two seasons of character development, ten episodes, right, about forty five minutes a piece. Um, you get substantially more time to live with those characters and develop them out and, and give them uh, more life. So, so it's obviously going to, it's going to be the superior version if it's done well. Um, And this is so, but it, uh, it, 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 it gets way more into the dynamics of, of a family, like a broken family. So great. Um, And that's why you have to split the team up. And bring them back together repeatedly. And they do it multiple times in the season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to do it. Like, in the first season. Like, the first season opens with everybody coming back together. And then immediately breaking off into their own stories. Until they ultimately come back together at the end, right? Yeah. Um... And like you, you have to do that in order to, in order to get those dynamics across, but it's also important because you want to get the pairings, right? You want Klaus, Allison and Vanya to go off and get drunk together. You want uh, uh, Diego and Luther to go have an adventure because then we get to, to dig into their dynamic and what makes them foils for each other. So it's like, it's just, it's constructed perfectly to tell those, those 
familial stories, which is something that we can all relate to in a story about a man who is spliced with ape DNA <laughs> and yeah. a, a, a 60-year-old man who's in the body of a 14-year-old that can blink through time and space right like and it's and that's we always talk about this that's what great genre is when it's grounded in real characters you can get as absurd as you want and their mentor their their uh sage wisdom giver can be a cg chimpanzee uh with a british accent because it depends on the characters and and how you build that and everybody and i we haven't talked about him a lot but i will just say i quite enjoyed Diego a lot more this season than I enjoyed him in the first season. Because first of all, the core of his character is like so consistent in that like in the first season, didn't he want to like avenge the death of that, that lady that he kind of liked? Like the, and in this one, he totally is in the end. He's like, I love her and I'm going to save her. Like he just like, is this like open hearted, like he had this dad that beat him down and made him feel like garbage for his whole life. And yet he still like loves and yeah. I think that that's like a great, beautiful thing about him. But I also love that he's just, he's just a little simple, but it's great. Like, and the fact that he goes to the commission, he finds out what he needs to do. And then he just comes back to help his family. And he's like, I worked at the commission too. And five is like, what, how is this? And he's like, I can do things. And it, but it's the thing where yeah. it's like, yeah, Diego, you can. And you actually wind up like saving five. Like there's a lot of stuff where yeah. you're like, you go Diego. And I just like really like him as like because he's perfectly competent but also like super not competent <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot of things well he him. his his powers are the most straightforward superhero powers yeah. i think yeah. and yeah. it's why he's like the he is like the street justice avenger type <laughs> yeah. character right um i and, didn't understand and yeah, that his powers what his powers were until this season i i just thought that they were the knife throwing i didn't realize that he could manipulate the air like that, like, and then that's why it's, the it's trajectory. Control, right? It's just it's, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's trajectory they, like in general. Manipulate it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so it makes sense. It's like, it's like, yeah, that's, that's a straight up superhero power, but he uses it so weird. Like the knives thing is just such a weird use of that. Man, pattern. that moment, that moment at, in the dinner scene when he throws it at Hargreaves, like to prove that he's got powers and Hargreaves doesn't miss a beat and just goes, that's, that's O for two. And Diego loses it. It's just like. It's so good. Yeah. And it's and and that's where you can tell how well the story is crafted over these two seasons is that without saying anything, we understand exactly what's happening and that Hargreaves is this like uh, he's this next level genius that is that's so good at reading people and yet is completely unable to relate or yeah. be yeah. uh uh, even the remotely empathic, uh, yeah. but but he's got this ability to get under any of their skin at a moment's notice. Like it's and it's and it's dangerous and it cuts, and and we see that with with Diego, um, who is the most reactive character, I think. Oh, right, yeah. so yeah, definitely. It's uh yeah. Anyways, we could talk about it forever, but I think that's a good place to to wrap it up. I. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, if you listen to all of this and it doesn't make you want to watch the Umbrella Academy, I don't know why you listen to us talk about anything. But <laughs> I know uh, I like I want to go watch it again. I'm kind of like oh, I could watch yeah. the last episode of the season um, again. Yeah, I I really want to go back and rewatch season one. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I there's gonna be less and less new stuff as we move into the future. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting. There'll be an opportunity. That's for sure. Right. So but uh, cool. Well, you know what? I think that I think that's it. Yeah. I think we're good. 
Did, did I said on the last episode? I was say, did you do it? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But I, I so I will say, I what, what do I even say? I thank you for listening. Yeah, I guess. I uh, if you like the podcast, you should check out all the other podcasts at thunderquack.com. Um and if you want to support us, you can do that. No, wait, I then I do the follow stuff, right? Does it matter? Do you notice I don't even notice that people like follow us on Instagram or Twitter? I don't Twitter think they do anything. though. I don't think people do. No, everybody who us. does already does. Some yeah, exactly. Anyways, so we, if you really if you do, do actually feel like it, us. you can follow us yeah. on Facebook at facebook.com. Sorry. They could tweet at us rather than follow yeah. us. There you go. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, Facebook.com slash Thunderquack on Instagram at Thunderquack Podcast and on Twitter at Thunderquack Pod. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Aconkin, A-K-O-N-K-I-N. You can add an 86 to that for Instagram. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Uh, and uh, yeah, go to Thunderquack.com. Check out all the other great podcasts in the network. Uh, and if you want to support us, you can do that in three ways. You can go to the podcast catcher service, whatever app of your choice and leave a rating and a review. It helps other people find the podcast. Um, and it, it really does mean a lot. Uh, like those five star ratings, um, they, they do actually do a lot to, to help us, uh, uh, be discoverable, I guess, uh, in those, in those environments. So. Please do that. Um, and uh, the other ways are by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. Uh, and you can get t-shirts, mugs, uh, scarves, laptop, sticker things, all sorts of stuff. Store.thunderquack.com. Last but not least, as I mentioned earlier, you can go to patreon.com slash thunderquack and kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get some cool rewards in the process. Thank you to everybody who does support us uh, over on Patreon. And uh, and just everybody who supports us in general, just just yeah. you guys are great. We love your love and support. Uh, but that is it for this week's episode, and we will catch you guys next week. Cool. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. <laughs>